This weekend, you may have opened up your social media feed to see the disturbing photo that is being shared of the tide of garbage floating around the Caribbean island of Rotan. Uh, Google garbage tide and you will see the jaw-dropping photos. John Horston is the co-founder of the Blue Planet Society and he's joining the show right now to give us some perspective. John, what are we looking at? You are looking at pollution, plastic pollution mostly, that's been washed down from, as far as we can tell, Guatemala. Um, uh, particularly the Matagua River. Now, the rainy season's just happened in that part of the world, and Guatemala doesn't have a formalized refuse system, so much of the pollution gets washed into the rivers and streams, and that's ended up in the Caribbean Sea. The images immediately made me think of Garbage Island, which is that island of garbage in the, in the Pacific Ocean. That's mainly a lot of smaller parts of plastic. But in this plastic tide, we're seeing things like food packaging. We're seeing plastic forks. I mean, they are big, clunky pieces of plastic that look like they're not breaking down anytime soon. Well, it's a mixture. There's a lot of styrofoam in there as well. And uh, that is a good indication that it hasn't been in the sea for a long time. All right. So uh, what can this tide teach us other than the fact that, you know, we've got to do something to help developing countries deal with their garbage? Yes. Well, yes, it does. And it means that that, that that's a job for, for large agencies like the U.N., World Health Organization, various other agencies like that. We can all do our bit by reducing, reusing, recycling. But ultimately, if we're going to deal with the plastic pollution problem, which has reached crisis point, we're going to need government legislation. And governments are going to need to work with retailers and manufacturers to stop this. When you say we're at crisis point, give us an example of what you mean by crisis. They think there's going to be more plastic in the sea than fish. By 2050? That, yeah, and that's not, <laughs> that's not a long time away. Um, really, from my perspective as a marine conservationist, it is um, really a, an emergency. Um, and I don't think that that sense of emergency has yet reached the wider public. Obviously... Conservationists know about it. People who are very interested in the marine environment will know about it. But as far as mass um, exposure, I don't think it's reached there. And that's why photos like Caroline Powers' photos off Rotan are so important. Yeah, Rotan's a small island. It's 12 miles long, three miles wide. And I, I had never heard of Rotan before I saw the social media story being passed around. And the photos are staggering. You picture a boat in the middle of basically a bunch of plastic debris in, in the ocean. It's, it's it mind-boggling. Like, it looks like it's, it's actually stranded on a plastic island, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it almost looks like it's staged. I know it's yeah. not, but I say oh. that... Because it looks unreal. So here we are in Toronto, Ontario. I mean, we're, we're beside a Great Lake, and we have our own problem with plastic yeah. in the Great Lakes. But, you know, why should people here care, and what can we do? I mean, beyond being shocked at these photos. Well, I think what's really important here, a great lesson to learn from Caroline Powell's photograph. She's a photographer, but she's not a professional. You know, I mean, she, she does diving, and, and, but she's basically an interested party. She's no more than that. She took an amazing photograph, which went viral and which will affect change because as if by magic, 
if you get lots and lots of interest in something or you get lots and lots of people interested in something, the politicians start to act. The photo was released on the 16th. Blue Planet stuff, you shared it on the 18th. It went viral on the 18th. By the 24th, the Guatemalan government and Honduran government had sat down in a, in a meeting to discuss the problem. So what I would say is get involved. Unless the politicians, the decision makers, know that people care about something, they won't do anything. They don't have the time to do anything. They can really only firefight. They can only deal with the problems that they see enough concern about. And right now, <clears throat> there is not enough concern about the marine environment. But what can we do to see a shift in, uh, in packaging? Is that what we're supposed to do? Is that what our government yes. should be focusing on? They should. The only way we're going to get manufacturers and retailers to act is if we legislate. If you go into a supermarket, you buy what's given. I try to what is available. I try to be as plastic-free as possible. I cannot be 100% plastic, single-use plastic-free, even as a marine conservationist, because I have to buy what is available in 90% of the shops. Right. So what governments need to do is say, right, enough's enough. We're going to have to intervene um, and force change on the manufacturers and the retailers. That's already happened with microbeads in cosmetics. Mm -hmm. You know, things like uh, lip gloss that has uh, plastic, shiny plastic in it or and toothpaste scrubs. Yeah, we've started but to do that to here. Further, it needs to get, we need to get into single-use packaging. Anything that we use once and throw away, the three um, uh, apples you buy in the, in the shop that mm. are wrapped in plastic, the bananas that are wrapped in plastic, Anything that does not need single-use packaging should be, um, uh, we should get rid of. How do you send out the message? Do you just make a conscious effort as the uh, consumer to stop buying those products? You do, you, you do, and you can get around it, but it's difficult. And unless we get top-down change in terms of legislation, we're not going to actually be able to, to affect a big enough change because consumers can, can, can do only do so much. But as I say, when retailers are packaging their fruit and vegetables in plastic to make sure that the consumer buys more. So we have a problem in Britain, for instance, where, you know, peppers are packed in threes. You can't buy them singly. Part of that problem I discovered was that there was um, a, a glut of that, that vegetable. And so the, the retailers were actually packaging them to make us buy more. Now, that kind mm. of greed and stupidity has to end. Um, and uh, the only way I can see that the retailers will do that is if they're forced to do it. But we can all do our bit. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. We can all do our bit. We can just be more mindful, and we can be very careful about what we buy. Uh, think about that plastic toothbrush. Can I get a bamboo toothbrush? You know, just lots of little different ways like that that we can make a difference. But, but if uh, people are listening now, John, and they're thinking, well, yeah, but my plastic's not going to make it out to the ocean. <laughs> right. What do you say to them? Well, uh, most countries, maybe not the center of Canada, but most countries, um, you are going to be near the coast. Many landfills are near the coast. Um, as we've seen with Guatemala and the Caribbean Sea, um, that plastic, the... Matagua River runs past Guatemala City. Guatemala City is nowhere by the sea. But all the plastic from the landfills, from the um, 
refuse disposal goes into the the river and will end up in the sea. The same applies to the drainage systems in all cities, London, Toronto. Um, those drains go down and they end up, after some filtration, but not that much, they end up in the sea. Yeah. So most crap that we throw away will end up in the sea. I mean, we are facing a, a, a perfect storm of overfishing climate and pollution. And 75% of the world's ecosystem is ocean. So that has massive knock-on effects for the humans. But, I mean, to give you an example, um, there's one fish called the lanternfish, which makes up for half the biomass of all fish in the sea. They feed on plankton. They come up from the deep at night, and they feed on the surface, and they're mistaking plank plastic for plankton. So it, this has a huge, and a huge effect. And so... Combined, you know, they, it wouldn't be too much to say that uh, the combined effect of what's happening to the ocean right now, you know, could, could be the end of the human race. Wow. Given time. That, is, that is a big statement. How do you sleep at night, John? <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully this won't happen. Hopefully uh, what I do is I get up in the morning and I try and make people change the way that our consumerist lifestyles. And I'm not saying that. As somebody who doesn't consume, you know, we all have to go about our daily lives. We Most of us drive, most of us take cars. But mindfulness is so important when it comes to this. Most of us are doing that consumerism without being mindful. John, I really appreciate your time today. If people want to find out more about Blue Planet Society, where do they go? Um, just Google Blue Planet Society. Thank you so much for talking about this. No problem, Kelly. Thanks a lot.